All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, welcome in to the Real Life Podcast. Today is January 11th. Um, this is this is a bit of a different version of the Real Life Podcast. We're going into this with uh, with no intro or anything like that. Um, we're kind of going into this with no plan as well as uh, the Oilers Nation team, Nation Network team. Us personally, Bag Milk and Wanya are with me. Um, you guys personally have been given just horrible news that we've lost one of our own in the company and in, in Robin Brownlee, who tragically passed away today um, due to a heart attack. And I mean, we found out right before we we're going to do the show. And as we do, this show can kind of be a, a bit of a therapy session for us at times. So I think that's kind of how we're going to treat today um, as we we're, I think we're just going to kind of share some stories about Robin and, and talk about this a little bit because it's someone who begged milk. I mean, you worked with him incredibly close day to day. Every day you're talking to this guy. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, 12 years now. Yeah. A long time. Tough news today, man. Yeah. Really tough news. And for you, Wanya, I mean, this is a guy who, when you think back to the starting point of Oilers nation, it's because of Robin Brownlee. Like he was the, he was legitimate voice. Number one, number one. Like he, the company is not what the company is. If Robin Brownlee doesn't jump on board, if Robin Brownlee doesn't come on board, I don't know that Jason Greger comes on board. And if Jason Greger doesn't come on board, it's still me talking today on a Oilers website that has 50 solid readers and bag milks. One of them. That's, yeah. I'd, I'd probably still be reading. Yeah. That's cool. I'd read yours. Thank yeah, you. That's cool. Thank you. Uh, I can remember um, really early on when we were thinking about doing Oilers nation, Jay and I, we were like, Hey, 
we can make an Oilers website, but we have to like get real people to work for it. We can't be us. We don't know anything. I didn't even plan on writing at the time. Jay didn't plan on making any content. And we made a dream list of who our dream five people would be. And both of us at the top of uh, our lists was Robin. And I remember cutting Robin Brownlee articles out in the newspaper. I was so mad at as a child and I had a shoebox of shit. I was mad at this is like early social media. Right. And like when Brownlee would rag on the team and say that the mid nineties Oilers defensive core is garbage or whatever it was, it came with such gravitas, right? Like he was from a different era where like writers were personalities and they were out on the road and they were living large. Like when I first met Brownlee, he had a bloody Escalade with rims on it. And I was like, this makes no sense to me whatsoever. And I said to him, like, do you want to work in the future of sports media? And I'm like, I'm I'm nobody at this point talking to him. I'm just some kid. Do you want to work in the future of sports media? And he was like, I'll go for lunch and hear you out. And I'm so happy and grateful that he did. Because like for Robin Brownlee, a real reporter to have some random ass hat before social media, before any of this, he couldn't even look me up. Right. But he agreed. And then he came aboard and it was funny because Robin was no joke, man. If you piss that guy off, oh, like he yeah. will fuck you up. He called me in a way that only Brownlee could do a week ago to give me the business. Yeah. Because nothing ever changed. It was just <laughs> Brownlee knew what he wanted. Yeah. He wanted it executed the way he wanted. And if it wasn't, somebody had to hear about it and it was me. And it's weird to be having this conversation because he taught me a lot about just like managing, I guess, talent, if you want to call it that, because he was one of those guys who's everywhere, done everything, accomplished as a writer, was with the team, had great stories. It's just, is a wild that we're having this conversation. And wasn't afraid to remind you at the drop of a hat, what a big deal he was legitimately. No, no. <laughs> legitimately. I'm a working oh, yeah. writer. Would you ever tell you that brag book? I'm a working writer in this town. You'd always tell me that. I'm like, Oh, I don't know what that means. Yeah. I, uh, he held himself to a high standard. He certainly did. And, and rightfully so. And I just think of like all the, all the hilarious stories he told me on the phone over the day of life on the road. I'm yeah. like, Brownlee, can you write those? And he goes, you know, I can't write any yeah, of these, none of them. man, they would go all over the internet. They'd go viral before viral was viral. Yep. And he just, he just said, buddy, that's not how it works. He goes, some of these things you just got to kind of take with you. And that's just the way it goes. It's a different era, right? In those days you were included in a very small club when you traveled with a team and you were expected to keep everything in the room. And now I think there's sports reporters and internet personalities and general fans. And everybody wants to be breaking all the news, telling all the stories guys from Brownlee's era, new gold, gold stories, man, before the socials, before all of it. I remember one time, uh, so Adam Rosenhart was a guy who was involved in the foundation of Oilers nation. He'd my buddy since grade three. He was the editor in chief at the gateway, the U of a very, uh, very good guy. And, uh, I was like, can you help me start Oilers nation? And he's like, what's Oilers nation. I'm like, it's this Oilers website. That's going to be the future sports media. And I knew he wasn't going to be buying into my shit. And he's like, well, who are your writers? I'm like, Robin Brownlee. And he was like, what? That's amazing. So he came aboard and Brownlee would tell him off all the time. And one day Adam went to email me to tell off Brownlee, but email Brownlee telling off Brownlee. (laughs) 
<laughs> I and like he, how hard you're laughing. Oh, this is a funny exactly story. That goes over BM. And Bradley just hit the roof and just emailed him back. And at the end was like, I'm amazed you have the temerity or something to send me this email to my face. <laughs> and Adam threw his phone across the room in panic because Robin Robin Bradley was so intimidating he couldn't think of what to do so he just threw his phone across the room oh fuck that was oh, funny man. that is good um he can't he came from an era where like being a beat reporter was like so much so different than it is now where like if you were the guy in the paper like you were the man yep. and like the stuff you got to do and going on the road with the team, like BM, you mentioned before socials and like the stories he'd have, like he was right in that golden era of being a, a, a hockey reporter. And some of them were making the same money as the players. Yeah. Like Brownlee in the eighties, like I'm sure we can tell a couple of fun stories. Like he told me one, I can't remember who exactly, but they would race from the airport home. when they got home with the Oilers. Yeah. So they'd all run out of the plane like little kids, get into their cars and race each other up highway two into town. And he's like, we get pulled over. There'd be like eight different cars all <laughs> racing. Brownlee's in an Escalade with rims just ripping up the inside. Like, what a what a time to be alive. You told me one of uh, those instances where they were coming up, I guess, Gateway Boulevard. No? Yep. <laughs> Flying into the city and that set of lights in the south part of the city and they all pull in. There was a handful of cars just all side by side, just whoop. And right in the middle of all of them was the Oilers coach at the time. I don't remember who it was. I want to say Ted Green, maybe. Or Ron Lowe. Could have been. Um, and they were just shaking their head at all these Porsches and Corvettes and just <laughs> stuff flying past. And Brownlee was right in the mix. He's in the mix. It. And he had to answer to the coach the next morning at practice. But that's what you do if you're going to if you're going to hang. Yeah. And he'd like go out with the players. Yeah. And like light it up on the road and, you know, talk to the other sports reporters from the other cities and the other papers and stuff like that. It seems like a much more fun time to have been alive, quite honestly. Absolutely. And you think about now in the era, just even like knowing the kind of guy Robin Robin is and like nowadays it's very easy for someone like me to sit and write an article and be like, I think this guy stinks and he's not playing good and they got to trade him. But like, again, Robin in the room every day, right? Like when you wrote that piece or that column. You're that guy looking at you the next day. You have the guy looking at you and you know, the whole city's also reading what yep. you're saying. And then you got to go face him and his teammates. And like, again, just the way he carried himself is one, his personality type absolutely meant for that kind oh, of yeah. work as well. Like yeah. he almost reveled in the idea of like, Oh, I get to go face to face with these guys. Yeah. Um, but that, and then just along with the kind of guy he was, it's like, yeah, no wonder this dude found his calling and smashed it out of the park in every, every opportunity. And legitimately even to, he filed his last article with us yesterday. Jeez. Um, one of my favorite sports writers ever. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. And it's a uh, man, it's a sad day here. Um, and it's a sad day in the Edmonton sports community too. When you consider John short passing away, that's crazy. Night. I feel bad for Gregor today, man. These are like really, really important people in his life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I said today on, on my show that John short for like this kind of generation right now, sports media, like John short is your favorite sportscasters, favorite sports percent. And when you look at when you look at the way Gregor and I always think of Gregor as someone who like really kind of revolutionized the way the business side of like sports media works in this city and everything mm -hmm. he's done. But like Gregor doesn't get any of that without John short coming in and doing what he did. Basically the grandfather of sports talk radio. I think it's fair to be able to talk about John short's business side right now. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, 
Gregor and, and Mr. Short are like extremely private people. Yeah. And then I think part of their success comes from the fact they're not flashy. Yeah. Right. But I think we would be remiss if we're talking about John Short to not talk about the business acumen he had. So he owned his own radio show. Yep. So in an era where in an era now where most everybody that is on the air in any capacity is employed for a large telecom company, John Short owned his own show. Yeah. Sold his own ads, read his own ads, did his own show, any sport, any time. Yeah. Right. And I can remember as a little kid, I listened to John Short religiously five nights a week. And it was past my bedtime because he'd go until midnight. And I'd put my little radio under the pillow. And this is early Oilers Nation, right? Like if you're not glued to John Short and he's talking about uh, the 1993 Oilers power play being the most dismal thing of all time. Yeah. John Short made a lot of people really like an unlikable team. Yeah, no kidding. Eh? <laughs> right. And I can remember me and my little buddies in elementary. We thought John Short hung the moon and we would go to school and one of us would get our nerve up and phone in. And like all the other guys would be listening on the air. Right. And John would take calls from kids. And I swear to you, the number of people in this city that became super Oilers fans that talked to John Short on his show. You think about it now. Like, why would you take calls from children? <laughs> like, they're the worst. But John yeah. did. Right. Yeah. And I have a phone. I call John, right? It's finally, it was my turn in the rotation of the boys. And we're in like grade five, grade four, maybe. And I called John short and told him off because the Oilers traded Bill Ranford. Never mind the head Cujo, probably a much better goalie, but I love Bill Ranford and Bill Ranford got traded. And I thought Glenn Sather should resign. And I was really mad at John short for taking Sather's side. And this guy took my call and I told him off in my grade 10 squeaky voice and recorded it. And I listened to it probably six years ago. I still have the tape, John short. And I called in and I was like, man, that's crazy that that guy would take that call. I would never talk to a child. I had someone else. As soon as I brought up John short today, uh, the, the first comment was someone who said the same thing. They're like, man, I wouldn't be the sports fan I am today if I didn't call into John shorts show back in the day. So like the way he changed, not only the media landscape, but like, Oilers fandom in the city by creating that outlet. Yeah. Of like, cause I mean, I know that the games were on the radio and whatnot, but like the idea of a dedicated sports talk radio show, like that's a John, that's John Short's baby in this city. Right. Um, I, just the fact that in one day, both of these came down is just. It's like the day we lost Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson. Yeah. But for sports radio in yeah. Edmonton, in Edmonton, um, I remember. So the, the, the John short to Gregor link and I'll tell Gregor's tales for him. That's fine. Um, Gregor explained it to me. Gregor's like 26. He works. He's not in sports radio. He works in the patch. Yeah. He's got a full head of hair. We wouldn't recognize him. And his uh, roommate snored. So Gregor used to have to go sleep in the bathtub. <laughs> and one day he's like, I was lying in the bathtub and I had my blanket and my pillow and I was listening to my roommate snoring. And I said, you know what? It's time to make a change. So he went to Nate. And like looking now, 27 years old at Nate, isn't that old in his mind? He thought he was the oldest person ever to take sports and radio at Nate. And Gregor's like, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it big. And he went in and then somehow or other, he got linked up with John short and John short, not only recognized the talent Gregor had, but taught him you can own your own show. So when Gregor had his nighttime show, the gridiron show, Short was called, uh, I think it was called the gridiron show. He owned it. Who's ever heard of such a thing? And it was because John short pumped him up. Mm -hmm. was like, you go in there and tell them you're going to sell all your own ads and you're going to buy the airtime and you're going to do it. And Gregor's like, if John short had not only picked me out of the crowd, 
but didn't teach me how to be a businessman, not just yeah. a radio host, but also how to sell your own ads and be your own businessman. He's like, I wouldn't be here. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was out of the patch. I was 27 years old. So for Gregor to lose Brownlee and John Short in the same day. Yeah. I talked to, uh, I talked to Jason right before we started here and it's not a good day. So I'll be jumping on the Jason Gregor show here in 30 minutes to kind of talk about Robin. So, yeah. Um, Hey, bag milk, your phone's ringing. Yep. Yeah. I'm a professional. That's okay. Um, Man, yeah, it's just, I mean, we're kind of just going through it in real time right now. So it's, it's tough. And I know you guys obviously incredibly, incredibly close with him. Like you said, BME retweeted. Uh, to be honest with you, I was scared of him. Oh, um, I asked bag milk in what year would you mind dealing with Robin Brownlee? What year was that? Like as a part of the job. Description, yeah, it was. Like it was Tandler. one of the first duties I had. So I'm full time coming up. The nation is a decade next month. Jesus Christ. So that was wild. 10 years. Yeah. I'm like the new guys here. It's the only guy. I'm like, you know what I should do? I should make him be in charge of Brownlee. Cause I'm scared of him. The first time Brownlee called me, I fucked something up. I posted something wrong on the article uh, on the website. I think I post one of his articles under my own name. So nerdy shit behind the scenes. You have to adjust the author handle when you're posting for someone else. And you I got posted it. one of Brownlee's articles as my own content thief. Yes. <laughs> you would have thought that <laughs> I gave away the nuclear launch codes or something like Brownlee called and lit me up. And that was one of the first ever phone calls we ever had. And it's interesting to think back of, cause I was scared of him for legitimately six, seven months. He passed away this morning and I'm scared of him right now. I'm scared of him posthumously. Yeah. That's how intimidating he, he is. Taking shots at us right now. Looking down at this, he goes, this is what you guys are calling a eulogy for me. He Fuck used to boys. email me in caps lock because he was yelling. And I was like, that's very intimidating. I'm going to use that as my own. Yeah. It, I think that it, it's one of those things where when you're young, old people have old people problems and you're young and you don't have these problems. And like John Sharp passing away at the age of 90. I hope I pass away at the age of 90. Right. As a very old man. Who's lived a very full life and full and successful life. Like did it all tip to toe. Like unreal. There's nothing left for John short to do on this mortal coil. He's done it all. Robin passing away. 65. 65 is a different matter altogether. Mm -hmm. He has a young son, Sam at 16. So Robin had a kid at 49. I remember when Robin had his kid, I was like, you're having a kid. And he's like, I can have a kid. I was like, Jesus, how old are you? And he's like old. And him and Gregor used to do a show at what's called campus pub and grill or something. It was like in behind Grant McEwen. And I'd go in there to watch as the only guy who'd watch. And I'd come in and watch Gregor and Brownlee's. I wanted to learn. Right. And Brownlee be like, why do you come here? I don't understand. Like if you're going to come here, go on the radio. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not ready for that. And I didn't go on the radio for like another decade. (laughs) Right. But, um, his son, Sam, when he had him completely changed him completely changed him. Here was this cigar chomping cartoon J Jonah Jameson from Spider-Man guy. Yep. And he's his lovely wife, Anna Lynn, just the nicest woman in the world. I remember meeting her and being like, you're with him. And then everyone <laughs> laughed, but Robin didn't laugh. <laughs> and their son, Sam, like it completely changed. I remember he had in his bio for the longest time, professional sports writer, Sam's dad. Yeah. And yep. he held them in equally high regard. Yep. And I remember meeting Sam one time being like, Hey, is your dad like yelling all the time and stuff at home? He was like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, Oh my God, that's just how he is with the rest of us. Sweet as a plum at home. Yep. 
One of Brownlee's proudest days with Sam was when Sam started schooling him. Sam's a big basketball player. Yeah. Started schooling him on the, on the driveway. <laughs> Could actually beat him. Like no that more of the switch happens yeah. where all of a sudden you're way better than your kid. And then it flips on you. Yeah. That was one of his Brownlee's proudest moments with Sam. Yeah. And he used to talk about it all the time. If you've read any of the, uh, the dedications to Sam that Robin has written over the years, yep. they're all in there. Great story. It was amazing that he would write dedications to Sam. Yep. I mean, that's, it's not what you would expect from a guy has worked up as Robin Brownlee. Yeah. God, that sucks. It's awful. Yeah. It's really is again, just hard in, in real time. Um, it's his sense of humor was always so interesting to me as someone who never really met him in person until I came here full time, but like interacted with him enough online. And I remember being me and you at a talk. I think it was at the beginning of this year when you're like, Hey, you should have Robin on your show more. And I was kind of like, I don't think he likes me. And you were like, no, he really likes you. That's why he's always tweeting bullshit at you. Like that's giving that's me kind shit of, about whatever. Like that's, that was his language. That was his thing. It was his love language is shitting on you on Twitter or on the website or, you know, some, I think back to when I started the mailbag at Oilers nation, you know, one of my first things is the weekly mailbag that goes out on Monday. And some of the questions are just us poking fun at each other. And at first Brownlee didn't like that. Yeah. Brownlee did not want any unserious business to go nope. into the mailbag. So he abdicated himself from contributing. So then what ended up happening is everybody kept shitting on Brownlee for leaving the mailbag. And he goes, well, I'm not just going to let you guys shit all over me on the mailbag and not participate. So he was back in and didn't miss one for probably nine and a half years. And that's the other thing too, is again, like 65 and still loved Love doing it. what he did. Like how many articles a week was that guy putting out? Yeah. He would do 15 articles a month. Now that's where he was at. And Every second day. he would always just kind of say, can I do more? Can I do more? Can I do more? And anytime he would ask, I would say, Robin, you're my favorite sports writer. You can do whatever you want. You are Robin Brownlee. And that's just kind of, uh, that's how it went. Yeah. I remember when we first started being able to put pictures on articles. Now you're too young to remember these heady days, but mm. remember your boy here was building the website. You were OG, yeah. 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 And I'm like, you know what I think we need photos and I don't have any photo licenses or anything like that. Right. So I started making what I now realize were the first memes <laughs> using paint and I would take a photo and put a caption on it and scribble on it and do dumb shit. And I remember Brownlee calling me up and telling me off. Being like, do you think the same people that read my articles want to watch your read your gibberish with stupid pictures and captions and blah, 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 blah. And he was just giving it to me. And I was like, well, Robin, we're the only writers for the site. This is all I know how to do. And he's like, ah, click. Hang up. <laughs> top five intimidating people I've ever met. Yeah. Robin Bradley. No question. Also top five cared the most. Yeah. Well, everything, like even what you're saying there, like, or with the mailbag thing, like that's just from a place of really giving a shit about what he does for work. And that's something that's admirable as all hell too. The reality is the nation network doesn't get to where it's at without him. Not at all, man. No. Gregor, when I went to see Gregor and I was like, Brownlee works for us. He's writing on the site. The check's clear. This is a real fucking thing. Yeah. He had to change how he was thinking about it yeah. because of Brownlee. Yeah, Brownlee taking in a way a chance on the nation. Chance opened, on the nation. Open the floodgates for people like you said. Like there's Gregor, no like question anyone. without Brownlee, there's no Gregor without Gregor. Oilers Nation isn't successful. We all don't have jobs here. Without yeah. any doubt. And without John Short, Gregor doesn't become Jason might not become the Jason Gregor he is with the business acumen. And like you follow the trail, right? It's like, man, like just absolute pillars of the media landscape in the city. Gregor doesn't come over to the nation. 
does a really good radio show years later radio station shuts do you think crazy people from the internet that are his business partners now for 12 years that are like make your own radio station you crazy bastard we were had a lot to do with it yeah so it you know these things begat each other right there's a thing in technology we say technology development that no one ever really invents anything you just stand on the shoulders of the people who were before you right yeah and like john short begat gregor right and gregor begat your ramchuk <gasps> He's your no, grandfather. He's your grandfather. Don't even include that's like including Robert Nielsen in the conversation with. Ruben no, you're the next one. You're the um, you're our John oh, Short, but we're all still young. Thank God. Wildly uncomfortable. Um, but man, just I just can't. Again, we're doing this in real time, so it's tough. But like Brownlee and Short, like holy yeah, shit. like I literally told you right before we pressed record. When I walked in and you said that, my brain was still in John Short mode, and yeah. I was about to be like, yeah, I know. Then I was like. You did not say the name I thought you said. Um, so it's tough. BM, I know uh, you're going to go hop on here again. We're releasing this a little bit uh, later than we usually release our uh, our real life episodes. And we're not going to transition off this and get into the Oilers or anything like that today. Um, just because we wanted this to kind of be about Robin and sharing some stories about Robin. Begnuck, you're going to hop on with Gregor on 1440. And, and I bet Brownlee would have been mad about the line combos, though. He got Brownlee. I wonder if Brownlee would want us to end his dark passing yeah. episode with a little bit of hockey talk. Yeah, I don't think he would be mad to be like, all right, boys, let's get back to who the real problems are here going like fucking move on. You've, you've made your point. Maybe in his yeah. honor, we should give shit to the Oilers for a little bit here. Okay. I'll start. Why the hell? What's Sam Gagne got to do to get back in the lineup? It's that thing, I guess, where they won eight straight. Don't mm-hmm. tinker, but like the game in Chicago was horrible. So tinker. And he's made the most of very limited ice time. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did point out the other day that Gagne's numbers at home versus on the road are vastly different. Like he's got four goals in 11 home games and none in seven road mm. games. So there's a part of me that wants to believe in some magic that Sam Gagne can only play well. And like in front finds, of the Oilers fans at home finds youth. So I think they should treat him like a lefty righty hitting specialist in Ooh, baseball. Like yeah, yeah. just dress him at home. Doesn't have to go on the road. Just leave him. Leave him. Can you imagine though? If the oil go deep in the playoffs, which they will, if Sam Gagne scores a clutch playoff goal, there's only so much gas in the tank of, you know, you probably don't run your tank on E on your car. Do you No. Sometimes I do. And by sometimes I mean all the time and I'll be on so the dashes. Of, it's been like, I've been with Wanye and his whip and <laughs> I'm looking over at the, the, like you need gas light. And I'm going, we're getting real low on the old KMs available. I'm like, ah, you can run it right down to zero. And then they got a little buffer left in on top of it. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? Sam Gagne making plans. Oh, of course. When you're going to the gas station on dashes, as I do every other week, you can't waste time or energy. You can't take a left when you got to go the direct route. Mm -hmm. So I think Sam Gagne is on dashes and he's only got 87 good shifts left. You want to waste this early in the year? No. You want to stack it at the end? Hold on to it till the end. Because he's got it still. He can still score. Um, the Oilers are going for a tied to tie the franchise record with their ninth straight win tonight. And it's the second time this season they've had a chance to tie their franchise record in terms of a win streak, 16 and three in their last 19. Games. How the hell can we have had a chance to tie our franchise record for wins twice in a season where the head coach got fired? <laughs> that really doesn't make a ton of sense. Do you think the Oilers would be this hot without coach Nobby? I think I, I'm, I was always a Woodcroft Woodcroft truther. So I think so. I think they probably would have turned it around, but 
What I don't know is like having Woody fired in that moment after the win in Seattle that we were at was like a very jarring, like wake up. And if they would have beaten San Jose, I still think Jay Woodcroft's probably the head coach of this team as it sits right now. So it's weird how, how things kind of play out. He'll work again in the league. No question. Oh, he'll be, he'll be back. He's sitting on three sheets. You got three more coming next year. Yep. He's chilling. He's fine. I wonder if he is chilling. What do you think he's doing every day? Cause he had that long grind into the league, know, right? He never not coached. And now he's just sitting here with schmills. I was wondering that yesterday. So I got asked this question on better late than ever yesterday. Do you think he watches any hockey highlights? Yes. I think he's getting ready for his next job. Yeah. I think those kind of guys are like, this is a bad word for him. I think they're real sickos. I think he watches everything every night. You think he watches the Oilers highlights or he just shuts it off at that point? Uh, okay. So insight into that Dean Evison, when he got fired from the wild, he did an interview like four days later and someone was like, Oh, like, well, and he goes, well, you know, we've won two in a row now. And like the guys have figured out the penalty kill, they're doing this. And it was like, first off, you said, we, they fired you. Uh, second off, you're breaking down the penalty kill that you used to run. Like, I think these guys are all over it. Yeah, that is true. It must be very disheartening to see them catch absolute fire. Or just, is it one of those things where he goes, well, if Connor was getting two points a game and Leon was scoring seven goals in his last 10 <laughs> games while I was coaching, I'd probably still be coaching. And if Stuart Skinner had a 940 save percentage when <laughs> I was the head coach, we would have been laughing. Yeah. Um, now let's talk about this final thing. Yeah. This Spectre interview with, with Dry, dry Seidel, Yeah. Is this gamesmanship? I mean, Leon's no fool. If you say like, oh, I can't wait to finish my career in Euler. Ken Holland's like, perfect. You're going to be taking another hometown discount. He's made substantially less money in this contract than he should have. I think we can all agree. Yeah. I mean, if he would have gone bridge deal, he would have been making 10 plus already. So, yeah. Do you think he's going to finish his career in Oilers? Yeah. You do? I think him and Connor are too tight. I, I like I saw some people getting rattled by some of the quotes and just how they were displayed. But like, what is he going to say is my you got to strengthen your position. He didn't you say I don't want to play here. Exactly. You just I'm going to do me playboy. I just I hope so. Oh, really? That's a divisive I, opinion. Do you I think he's going to resign? I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Look, I look at like he William could be Nylander a re- signed 11 five. Yeah. Then if that's if he signs 11 five dry saddles worth 13 five. Yeah. 14. I think his next contract when the second he signs it, he'll be the highest paid player in the league until Connor like gets his deal. And then that's so that's like, how are we going to juggle these them two? both in? And then Evan Bouchard's bridge deal is going to be in there. Do you just automatically trade him? Like you got to think of cap man. You're not going to like, let dry side. go to keep Bouchard though. I hope to heavens. No. Yeah. It's no. complicated though. But it gets super complicated. Like you have yeah. to be like, Hey, Evander Kane, you got to wave that no move clause or whatever you got. Don't the Hawks have like 13 million tied up in nine roster players right now. Their entire forward group costs 15. Why don't we just do that? We'll be fine. The bottom three lines are going to be garbage. We'll have 31 year old Connor and 33 year old Leon, 32. Which is also weird to think of them as 30 some year old men. Feels like just yesterday they were just, you know. When is Leon going to get engaged? I wonder. Connor got engaged. After the McDavid wedding, you'd think. You think? He's letting him go first? I think he's letting him go first, yeah. That's nice. Very polite of him. Yeah. Very polite. I think that they're going to do it on a Hallmark film that Celeste is the star and then he's going to be lowered down from the roof. In that article, and they're like, he should move to LA so Celeste can get more acting jobs. I was like, he makes 12 something a year. He can fly yeah, her to LA for to. all of her. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. She's yeah. good though. I watch her in the one. Yeah, I'm uh, sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's great. But I, I'm I, just I, saying I that movie. if you're a couple and you're getting married, like Leon and Celeste are, and their son Connor 
will be, well, you wait till you see Connor dry settle. But anyway, that's for a different day. I think they have enough resources as a team to do both their careers from Edmonton, Alberta. I think the other interesting angle is like the idea of dry settle wanting to win here. And people are like, Oh, you better win this year or next year or else dry settle has gone. And I almost have the opposite view of it. I'm like, if, if they win, he might go, I did it with Connor. I kind of want to go see if I can do it alone. Versus if you don't win these next two years, I think there's a part of that's like unfinished business. Like I'll do it with Connor. I'll sign a three-year deal quickly and then we'll see where we're at. Leon Dreisaitl of all people knows how much Connor McDavid has benefited his career. Yeah. And yeah, I sure. think that he would know, regardless of if he stays or leaves, you're going to have your career in two chapters with or without him. Yeah. And are you going to be able to put up the same numbers without him? No. So the minute you leave, you're telling me you're already doing worse. Why? 100%. That's what and I mean. You don't have your boy with you. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know what they remind me of? We just need this cap to shoot up in a real hurry is what we need. Yeah. Everyone go buy center ice or whatever the TV. Deal go is. find Rick's face on the building. Yeah. Go inside, clear a rack. That's what all our, that's what all our, For our duty is. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up here. Um, again, not, not a normal episode of the real life podcast, but um, we thank you all as always for, uh, for tuning in. We're going to have a bunch of Brownlee content yeah. going up on the website here as well. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. And rest in peace, Robin. We'll miss you, buddy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.